Hey, and you're very welcome back to the Final Whistle Rugby Show here on FinalWhistle.ie with myself, Brefney Early, and of course, Kieran Noble joins me again to go through all six divisions uh, in the AIL this weekend. And it's been fairly exciting, Kieran. Where were you last weekend? What have you been up to? How's your week been? Uh, well, I have to be honest, I wasn't at the AIL this Saturday. I was I was enjoying Ireland versus South Africa, so I, I actually didn't physically go to an AIL game, but I always keep my eye on the results. Absolutely. And of course, there was uh, some big, big results across the league last weekend. I suppose we better start with probably the most exciting game of the week weekend. And that was, of course, at Clontarf and Dublin University, Trinity College. Um, it kind of didn't go the Trinity's way in the end, did it? But Clontarf would be very happy with getting out of, the, out of jail at the last kick of the game. Yeah, I was kind of I was on the dart, so I was looking at the Trinity updates. Always make me laugh. To be fair, uh, I was looking at the Trinity updates, and I seen at one point they were leading thirty three seventeen. And the person I was with, I said, Trinity, actually, it looks like they're going to beat Clontarf, and Clontarf haven't lost in like a year. And I was getting a bit excited, and then I got caught up in the Ireland game and all that sort of stuff. So I didn't actually check the results till after the Ireland game. And I was like, oh, I can't believe. I really thought Trinity were going to do it when I saw the 33-17 on the dart. So, yeah, they would have been disappointed. And Clontarf, they're hard to beat, like, very hard to beat. Not just, I think it was Ben Murphy, Richie Murphy's son, who got the, the try at the end to win Clontarf the game. So, it's funny because Richie actually is a Clontarf legend. I think he's, if not the top, he's one of the top point scorers of all time in the AIL. So, I thought it was quite... Ironic that Ben scored a try like that to win a game for Clontarf. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Trinity just showed, though, that they're well able. If people had doubts before about how serious they are this season as contenders, I think they really proved themselves because they were away from home as well. Absolutely. And I suppose uh, Terenure did take advantage of that to jump to the top of the table. They had a, a nice win for themselves in, in the process there, too. At 32 points to 12 over Lansdowne in Lansdowne. Um, they'll be happy enough going into the, the last or the last batch of these what, group of games, top of the table. Yeah, it's funny because if you had said Lansdowne turn your last season, you probably would have expected it to be more competitive. But it kind of went how I expected it to go, if I'm honest with you, with the way Lansdowne form is going and with the way Terran York's form is going. Like, I just can't wait for Terran York on Tarf already, to be honest, because they're just beating everyone, you know, and especially Terran York, like, nobody's. Like, in Clontarf's case, UCD gave them a good run. Trinity almost beat them. So you can see that Clontarf aren't perfect, but nobody has gotten near Terenure. Like, they've literally not got anywhere near them. So it'll be really interesting when they actually do come up against the Clontarf to see what happens. Yeah, of course, Bob Lynch have that challenge awaiting them on Saturday. We'll chat about the fixtures in just a couple of moments. we finish up with the actual games that were played over the weekend. And I suppose, looking down through the rest of the games, Ballon Hinch themselves, a good win over Young Munster, but the, the losing bonus point there for Young Munster will come in handy potentially later in the year. UCD, better performance from them. They, again, losing bonus point against Cork Con, uh, while the final round of the game, Shannon, they're up and running, win over Gary Owen, a big local rival derby down there in Limerick, uh, 30 points to 19. Shannon, probably the happiest team coming out of that, obviously in terms of Gary Owen and Shannon, but they'd be happy just to get that kind of season up and running. Yeah, well, absolutely. Like, um, on TikTok, they have their own account. And There Is an Oil is one of the most spine-tingling songs, you know, when they're singing away in the changing room. And I've seen they put up a video after Saturday's win. So, moods will be, mood will be good there. And I did expect them to beat Gary Owen, to be fair. I think I, I said it last week that I think Gary Owen are probably, probably the weakest team in 1A this year. Um, and I was expecting Shannon to do the business on them. Uh, but great for Shannon to get because it was really important for them like more more important for them than it was for Gary Owen to be honest just to get that win in 1A again and just to get your kind of feet on the ground and get off the foot of the table as well which is massive in terms of UCD like they don't have a problem scoring but their defence seems to be all over the shop like they seem to just concede and it seems to be the defence that's letting them down so they still haven't won their ninth now I think so Serious problems for them. Corcon doing very well to be in the top four. Ballon Hinch, big win for them at home to Young Munster because it keeps them kind of in touch with the top four. They're in fifth. Young Munster are a bit behind Ballon Hinch now in sixth. So there's kind of that gap, one to five and then six to ten. 
in terms of Lansdowne as well, they've got some really winnable games coming up in the next kind of four rounds. I think they've got Cork Con, which will be tough. They've got Cork Con away this weekend, but after that, they've got I think they've got all the teams below them. So they've got Gary Owen, Shannon, and UCD. So they're all games that Lansdowne will be targeting as well. So yeah, the division is kind of heating up, but you've got Terenure and Clontarf kind of tearing away at the top. Yeah, there is the big table there. Terenure, as you mentioned, full marks, 100% record, bonus point tries in every single one as well. 32 tries, eight more than Trinity, who are the next highest on that particular list. You mentioned UCD, they're second last, but 14 or 13 tries in their five games would indicate that they have, as you said, no problem scoring. Um, they've picked up four losing bonus points, though, and it's given them, I suppose, the, the effect of a win on that league table. Could it be that that's the, I suppose, the difference between them maybe staying up and not at the end of the season? Yeah, it could very well be. Like, I actually think UCD, it's, as, as I said, it's their defence that's the problem. They don't have a problem getting those tries. But it's like, if they could sort their defence out, they could probably get wins and be getting more points. But as you said, losing bonus points or try bonus points are massively important in this league. And it could really help them because maybe Shannon will struggle with that sort of thing later on. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I think, um, I think yeah, UCD are in a bit of bother now, but I do think they'll be all right. In terms of the games this weekend, uh, where would your attention be focused? Um, that's it. That's Turn your balance. Yeah, well, turn your balance. I kind of expect turn your just to do there. Just to do their usual thing, to be honest, nothing away, taking nothing away from Ballinhinch. I think they're they're a really good team, and they're going to be well better than what they were last season. But I think Taryn Yor just levels above, to be honest. Uh, Trinity Shannon will be interesting because I think can Shannon kind of build on what they did last week? And Trinity obviously coming off a loss, you know, how's that going to affect them? Are they gonna are they gonna come out and want to destroy Shannon, or will Shannon have a little bit of an edge? Who knows? So I think. That's an interesting game as well. Uh, Lansdowne Court Con though probably is a really is a really big game because I think if Lansdowne can win that one, they've got as I said very winnable games in the next kind of the next kind of three fixtures after that in the next block. So that's a massive game, and for Court Con it can really cement their place in the top four. How important is it for Gary Owen to stay in touch? Defeat to UCD at the weekend could see them drop even further behind the cha- uh, the teams above them. They really need a win at home in Dordoyle on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. I think I'd even go as far as saying if they don't get a win, that could be it for them. Like, I genuinely it's think... very early for that. No, yeah, I, no, but I just genuinely think like UCD and Shannon were kind of probably the two games that they would have been like, oh, we actually can win this like if we perform. So if they lose, especially at home, like if they lose at home, I, I think that could be it. I think I said to Luke in episode one that I did think Gary Owen would kind of be in this position so I'm not overly surprised but they really need to win this weekend more so than UCD yeah we'll just take a quick look at that league table before we leave it again just so you see that at the bottom there UCD currently three points ahead of Gary Owen they meet today the rest of the games pretty much that top four versus the next four so we'd expect them to go in form and we could see that gap between four and five just beginning to stretch itself out a little bit after this weekend's action the league really starts to take shape in the next week or so, of course, with a bye week and an off week the following week. So if we move ahead and look at Division 1B then, of course, some big games this weekend in that division as well. But looking back at last weekend's games, um, some entertaining games. Well, NACE UCC, probably the the big result of the weekend. Everything else, fairly clear cut. We're going to be chatting to Shane Layden of Buccaneers about their win against Malone last week. Uh, in just a few moments. But first of all, Kieran, your thoughts on the games in 1A, or 1B, should I say, uh, last weekend? Well, I'm going to blow my own trumpet here first. I, if anyone reads my 1B previews that I do on a on a Thursday, usually, I think I did say at the bottom of the NACE one that I actually did think NACE were in, in with a shout of beating UCC at the weekend. So if anyone saw that, uh, call me Mystic Matt. But uh, I, I did kind of think NACE had a sneaky chance of producing the result there so I wasn't madly surprised but still massive win for them yeah great win for them and I suppose uh, they're, they're two in advance now in terms of results and they're kind of building a little bit of a head of steam with them UCC though we're running really nicely at the top of the table they now 
share top spot with Buccaneers effectively. Uh, Buccaneers themselves, big win for them. Malone, um, I know they've been struggling this year, but uh, Buccaneers would have been expected to be just a little bit off the pace having just come into the division, but they've really, really impressed. We talked about them at length last week as well. No, and the thing that they're doing at the minute as well is they're beating, they're beating teams away from home, which is something that is really important in 1B because I think the way the league's going at the minute with the likes of Old Belvedere, St. Mary's, Old Wesley, City of Armagh, I think all their wins have come at home. So home advantage is obviously really important to all the teams, but the teams that can actually win away from home are the teams that are going to be near the top of the table. And that's something that books are doing really well. Like they got that big away win against Highfield in round three, and then they beat Malone, as you said, last weekend away from home in Belfast. So that's making the difference for them at the minute, I think, getting those away wins. Yeah, we hear from Shane chatting about all things Buccaneers in just a few moments. But first of all, maybe let's look at the other games across that particular grade. Highfield and Armagh, um, it was a big win there for City of Armagh. Two tries in the difference between them, 31 points to 17. Old Belvedere with eight-point victory over Wesley, while um, Nace, we mentioned, Mary's College, a big, big win for them, 65-7 against Banbridge. Um, are we starting to see kind of that those teams maybe putting putting themselves in trouble at the bottom, the likes of Malone, Banbridge, seem to be struggling at this grade. Yeah, I think, well, Banbridge and Malone were actually struggling last season. I think Banbridge were kind of lucky that it was Navin. Like, Navin really, really struggled last season and Banbridge were kind of lucky to be playing against them in the relegation playoff. You know, they just kind of survived and in a regular season, they would have been relegated. And then you've got Malone who finished eighth. So they were just kind of, they just kind of survived that relegation battle. So, uh, yeah, Malone and Bambridge look like they're going to be in that kind of relegation scrap again this season. It's unfortunate for them, but 1B is like, I think it, from 8th to maybe 3rd, you can confirm this in a minute, but 8th to 3rd is like really, really tight. Like, it changes all over. From top to bottom, from top to bottom is 13 points. Like, it's not exactly, a, it wouldn't take a massive slide to see Buccaneers dropping like a stone or consequently... Malone or Bambridge going on a bit of a run either. We've seen Nace two wins. They're up to six. Two more wins could put them into the top three or four positions. So um, it really is just all about hitting a, a little run of form at the right time. Uh, looking towards the weekend's action, um, maybe we might take a quick look at the league table before we, we do that. If I bring it up here, we've got a Division 1B. Here's what it stands at the moment. Buccaneers and UCC both on 19 points, as we said. St. Mary's College, 18 points from their first five games. And it's really tight then, right down. 15 points to 11 separate that middle tier of teams with Malone and Bambridge. Just that one game, or one and a bit games behind Highfield and Wesley on that league table. So uh, still plenty of action to go in that division. It's, it's going to be really, we talk about it every week about how it's just tight, tight, tight. Yeah, I don't think it's going to change. I think it is literally going to be that way till, till April time. Like, you know, there's only going to be a few points separating each of the sides. Highfield, they're probably the most, the team that are probably most disappointed at the minute because they started the season so well, getting two wins and they've lost their last three on the bounce. They're going through a bit of a bad run of form at the moment. Old Wesley as well are struggling a little bit away from home. Old Belvedere getting all their wins at home, but they can't perform away from home once they step out Ollie Campbell Park. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Any team that can actually go and get an away winner is going to be the teams that are going to be near the top of the table. Yeah, of course, Buccaneers and UCC, they meet each other this weekend. Uh, let's maybe hear from Shane Layden. We spoke to him earlier on today about uh, his time at the club so far this season, but also uh, his career to date. Here's what we had to chat about him. Here's what we had to chat to him about earlier today. And we're joined for this part of the show by Buccaneers Centre, Shane Layden. Shane, you're very, very welcome to the programme. How are you guys? How are you doing? Good. It's been a bit of a whirlwind for yourself hmm. uh, and for everyone at Buccaneers. New to the division, promoted from uh, 2A last year. And you've kind of taken it a bit by storm. Four wins from five. You've got to be happy with how it's going this year. Yeah, look, it's been, um, it's been a great start. Um, it's been, I suppose not only a little bit unexpected um but i suppose once once we got that first win against wesley and um, we kind of we grew in confidence wesley obviously went quite well in the league last year which i suppose put a bit of the fear factor we lost a bit of the fear factor then of, of, of playing teams 
um, that we would have had going in initially into the Wesley game. Um, they're, they they did quite well last year, quite competitive as well. So you, you kind of grow in confidence from from winning a game of that stature early in the league. Um, we we've the first day of the season we were away in our man, we we actually came out there with a good losing bonus point as well. So as much as that was a, a loss at the start of the season, it was it was nearly a good result that set us up nicely. Um, and then moved into kind of Highfield away, uh, Belvoir home, and then winning the weekend against Malone. Um, so we've had some very difficult fixtures um, against teams that have been kind of in 1B for a long time and then two teams that last year that were voting in the playoff as well. So it, it, it's, it's great to get points in the bird early and also to kind of get a few notches on on teams as well that hopefully we'll be competing with towards the end of the season. That's what I was going to ask. That round three game, I think, when you beat Highfield, I think that was the game where people went, whoa, mm. like Buccaneers are serious this season. Was that kind of an early turning point for you guys? Yeah, look, off the back, I suppose we'd, we'd beaten Wesley in, in round two at home. Um, but I suppose you would be expected in, in uh, Division 1B, you'd be targeting your home games in, in particular. And, and that would have been a game that we would have targeted, obviously, back at home, back in the division as well. We've been out of it for a few years. But then going back to back on that week, um, heading down to Cork, I think Highfield as well are very successful at home over the last number of years. And... and we got um we got we got, got got a couple of calls that day we got a couple of decisions as well that went away and we backed it up with, with what we would have been a pretty good performance if not a great performance from us um and we've been really it's i suppose it's been a real excitement from that day where i suppose there's a bit more belief around the camp there's a bit more belief around the squad now of, of potentially what we can achieve you know i know eddie's been on the record early enough in the season as well and kind of early on about saying that the, the goal for the season was to stay up in 1b um, and I look at it, it still is that the league is still quite condensed. Um, if, if you look from, I think from where from where we are to 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 down to kind of to Malone, there's, it, there's probably only a ten point or a twelve point spread, which is only three or four bad games. So you don't want to get into a bad run. Um, but the 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 Highfield game, it's kind of kickstarted our season. Um, it's it's put us into overdrive and, and it's got us rather rather than looking over our shoulder, we're kind of kind of looking above and I'm looking out for it each week as it comes. You mentioned Eddie, of course, uh, well known to any rugby fan in the, in the mm -hmm. country over the last 20 years. Um, what difference has he made to the club when he's come in? Any major changes in, in operations in terms of how things are run within the team? Yeah, look, at he's, he, I suppose one of the things with Eddie, with a name like Eddie O'Sullivan is he, he demands kind of respect straight away from the team, from the group. Um, you do always get when you get a new coach you, you get a bounce and you get a lift but you also kind of get that question from players from other coaches saying oh i'm not fully sure if i agree with that or what do we think of that and there'll be a little bit of talking about with eddie i suppose he, he's done it at the highest level and um, the guys have great respect for him he, he brings an aura about him as well and he's quite clear and precise in what he wants um, I know he, he originally we were looking at a game plan as well and once he kind of got to know us a bit better and got to know how we play and he was able to tweak it to our strengths um, which is great as well from to have a coach of that knowledge and the messages we get during the game and on a Tuesday night after a game or, or previewing the next game are, are always quite clear of what we need to do for the weekend above or the weekend ahead so it's great it's great to have that experience and then he's backed up with a couple of kind of local guys as well that know the environment know the club with Davy and, and Paul and Benny and, and they're quite familiar of what Buccaneers is about as well as Eddie because Eddie coached he coached in books previously obviously before he went on to coach at, at higher levels um, so it's it's quite it's quite fitting that he, he's come full circle and hopefully he can actually get us back to, to the top where he, where he left us On a personal note how much are you enjoying this season? Obviously you've got a few tries to your name that's always good but how much are you enjoying like winning? Yeah, like it, it, it was interesting. It, it, it's been on the back, and um, we had a quite successful season, obviously last year as well, um, where we, we got promoted, and it was off the back of of the the, the two COVID seasons, um, and off the back of that, performing for a, a long personal injury for myself as well. So, the kind of the the enjoyment of being able to play the the way that the league is formatted this year with with three games and then a block off, you get a bit of consistency. You kind of get. You get to know what you need to do each week to make sure you're ready for a Saturday, and then just going out and playing. Um, the weather's been questionable; <laughs> hasn't been great the last while. We got really lucky on Saturday. We had a lovely day in Belfast, um, 
and yeah, it, it, it's it's very enjoyable. I think the the fun in rugby is nearly back. Um, the last since kind of you, not that you fall out fall out of love with the game, but the game kind of becomes a bit routine when you're playing it, and then all of a sudden it's taken away from you for two years, and you realise how much you actually like this game and how much you really enjoy this game, and how much you're potentially going to miss it when you stop, and and to get the most out of it before you do stop and I think that's that's an area where we're at, where I'm at personally at the moment and it's it's allowing me really enjoy the game rather than I suppose the fear or the nervousness that you would normally get for for a weekend. Let's talk maybe about I suppose the love of the game and, and the reasons why you would have started obviously you're from fairly rural Roscommon and um, North Roscommon it's forgotten land in terms of rugby in some respects when you were a kid there was no rugby club probably within half an hour of your house so what drew you to rugby and how did you end up where you've ended up basically? Yeah, so I suppose originally I would have I would have played um obviously a lot of Gaelic football um locally with my club Shine Girls and my dad would have been very interested in rugby at the time. Um and then I went to school in, in Ross Gray and that's kind of where I would have had my first kind of real interaction with uh, rugby. Um kind of having the basis of kind of athleticism and, and kind of ball handling skills from from the guy and from, from Gaelic. Um, you were able to take the rugby and then from watching it at home regularly kind of as would have been on the TV when you were growing up and, and, and my brother and my father would have had a big interest in it as well um, and that kind of got me interested into rugby and then moving to Ross Gray in, into a boarding school where you you go and play every sport because you don't want to be in school every day <laughs> and uh, then you, you just I, I suppose I played a bit of hurling there as well and I wouldn't say now hurling is a, a stronghold in North Roscommon either but um the uh, the rugby was was definitely more of a favourite for mine as well, and 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 I tried to balance the boat for as long as I could to play rugby and Gaelic up until kind of I was eighteen nineteen, and uh, then rugby kind of took over, and I've only played a small bit of Gaelic football since. So, um, but maybe one day I might go back and and play another season. So Romans are beating in the junior final at the weekend. They might be looking for players over the next yeah. couple of years. Uh, in terms of I suppose your time at Connacht, let's talk about that briefly because obviously you went from from school kind of into, into the Connex system, spent a few years there, made a couple of appearances, but probably didn't see the breakthrough you were looking for? Yeah, look, I went, um, I suppose I was quite young, obviously came straight out of school and uh, played for Connex quite quite young that year um, when I was just finished school, um, which was obviously great. Um, I had a couple of, couple of bad injuries after that, and but made a couple of appearances with Connex, really enjoyed my time there, played under some great coaches, obviously Eric Elwood, Pat Lamb, Guys like that that, were, that would have been there for for quite a period of time, um, Nigel and Nigel and Jimmy as well would have been involved with us from a young age all the way up to academy ages as well. So we we had had a, a lot of good coaches there and, and kind of trying to juggle rugby in college and kind of I suppose the the coming out of school as well and, and moving into college was kind of a an an interesting time. But I, I really enjoyed rugby. I played a little bit with the sevens as well at the time as well, so which was quite enjoyable. Um. And yeah, I, I, at the same time, playing club rugby with books was was always very good as well. So it was potentially looking back at it, you wouldn't change much. Um, you'd maybe hope that you might get a bit of a, a rub of the break with a couple of a couple of knee injuries or a couple of hamstring injuries that you got at bad times. But look, those are the breaks. Sometimes at the time, probably worked out for me with other people getting injured as well, where you might have got an opportunity. But but there was times then when you didn't get the opportunity. But look, that that, that happens, I suppose. You're obviously one of the experienced players in the books team now. How important do you think your role is coming maybe later in the season for some of the younger lads, you know, when things might maybe aren't going your way? How do you important do you think your role in the team is then? Yeah, look at we've a couple of um we've an interesting team. We are quite young, um which is which is great obviously for the future of the club. But we've a couple of guys, we've probably about four or five guys that have been there, been around the the kind of DAL scene for a couple of number of years, who've obviously experienced in playing in one B. And who've been experienced in, in winning winning one B a couple of years ago as well, about five years ago, um, which is quite important. A lot of the teams that we're playing now in our division now, we'd have played against before as well. You kind of understand, I suppose, what a club is about, or or from from playing them in the past, or or know why kind of what type of rugby they're going to play, and and kind of how the season changes as it kind of gets into winter. You know, you're going to be changing your style of rugby a little bit. And then how you kind of transition out of that into kind of March as well and into the kind of business end of the season when potentially some of the guys and you do, you want to want to throw the ball around a bit more and then you're potentially at the business end of the season where you're either fighting for relegation or, or, or promotion. 
and uh, there, there's kind of a mix of then of, of trying to play attacking style of rugby and then trying to win and squeeze out a win of a game obviously is, is more important at the time so it's just about balancing that with the kind of the flair of the young lads and kind of the experience and the the, the little bit of caution that the, the older guys would have um, which is great because we are quite young so it, it's a good balance you talk about the uh, throwing the ball around and a little bit of caution uh, thrown to the wind. Uh, I happened to see you play this year in the, the final of the, the Connacht Senior League and you left it late, but when you needed it, that second last try that set up that the match winning try, uh, you were fairly heavily involved in that. You were fairly reeling back the years there with the hmm. little bit of versus space, a couple of little bit of jinx around one or two players before you, you laid it off for, for the, your teammate to run in. Um, you haven't lost a bit of edge of pace? Uh, um I don't know about that. In the past, you might have been able to score it all on your own, but uh, not anymore. You have to find the winger to finish it off. Um, but yeah, no, look, it, it, it's it, it's an interesting one. The, the Connacht Senior League kind of, it, it comes really quick at the start of the season. And then towards the end of the season, it, it's a mad scramble for everyone to kind of, to get points on the board because it, it, it links into the Cup and links into the Bateman Cup for, for us in, um, in Connacht. So, where the the first and the second game kind of come early in the preseason and they might be looked at as a preseason games, all of a sudden then it, the competition becomes kind of a, a cup at the just coming into the AL where you want to win and you want to make sure that you've kind of down weeks then to, to get you further into the cup that you don't have to be going through quarter final and semi final, um, which is great and it, it it's crucial then kind of builds your momentum into kind of the AL. Obviously, in, in our case for the for the Connacht League, it, it's kind of it's about blooding some players as well. It, it, it's the start of the season. We do have a couple of guys that kind of, that are a little bit dual status to play a bit of Gaelic as well. So we're, we're, we're down one or two at the start of it, but it, but it's great to get kind of um, good game time against AL opponents as well uh, early in the season and, and then kind of push on towards the end of the season or the end of the Connacht League to, to be competitive against competitive teams that you're trying to win a, comp, a trophy and a cup as well. You mentioned the Bateman Cup, of course, you represent Connacht in that now by virtue of that, winning that league. Um, does that factor into your thinking? Is that a competition that players think about at all until it's happening, or is it something that just a little bit of extra level of prestige? Yeah, it does. It, it, it's an interesting one. We've, we've personally played, we've played in a few of them. Um, it kind of all depends on, on how you're going as well. From a personal point of view, in the AAL, um, it, it falls kind of obviously just after Christmas time as well, and, and it it's it's in a window where you mightn't have had a game for a few weeks or you might need obviously different results in the AL but the the it is a focus of ours this season. Um we have an opportunity we've we've a home semi final which means you have a you have a club coming to Buccaneers, which is always great and, and it, it, we've never I actually have never and I don't know if the club have ever played in the final of it. Um so it, it's a great opportunity for us to potentially put ourselves in a final. Um but I know from from Personal point of view, the, the, the AAL always comes first, um, but it always came first because we never really had a realistic opportunity of, of kind of getting to a final. Um, I know a couple of times we ended up in Cork Con, um, when we were looking at different kind of coming up from from two A and, and one year we were one B when our, our our sole focus was win, was winning the league, um, so it, it's a good opportunity this season. Um, we as I said we do have a home semi final, and. You know, it's it, it's an All Ireland Cup played across obviously the whole country with with some of the the best teams um, competing in it. So it, it's not something to be to be turned down, and, and it's definitely something that we, we're we're going to attack. This weekend, obviously, you have a top of the table clash. It's mm. it's Eddie versus Michael Bradley, two mm. very experienced coaches, and then two clubs that are doing very very well. So how are you feeling about that one? Yeah, look, it, it, it's exciting. Um, it's it, as you said. It, it, it's it's one versus two, and it's um, it, it thankfully it's in at loan, um, which is obviously great, and we're obviously targeting all our home games this year, and we know you see obviously come down from one A last year, and our, our team that usually like to throw the ball around and play a bit of rugby, and we'll probably play an expansive style of rugby. Uh, they've had a really good start to the season as well, um, you know, just obviously at the weekend last weekend their first loss, but they've gone really well up till now, um. So we're excited to play them. Um, looking forward to kind of the last block of the game of, of games of this block as well, um, and hopefully we can finish it in style and, and get three wins from three in that, in that block. Um, but I, I know UCC will, will have a lot to offer. So looking forward to, to getting out there and, and getting going against them. 
Well, that's a top of the table clash to everyone's interest in Division 1B of the league this weekend. Uh, Shane, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, it's been a pleasure chatting. No bother. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Shane Layden there of Buccaneers. And of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, they face UCC at the weekend. But uh, there is a full round of games, obviously, in Division 1B this weekend. Um, where are your thoughts? What, what are you thinking in terms of good games to, to keep an eye on this weekend, Kieran? Well, I think it's pretty pretty obvious. It's the UCC Bucks game, one versus two. I think Michael Bradley versus Eddie O'Sullivan. It's fascinating. Michael Bradley, obviously has a good coaching career, a good pro coaching career behind him. And then Eddie, we talk about it every week. He's done everything there is to do. So it's kind of a fascinating battle between two clubs that are going really well and two managers that are hoping to make big impressions, basically, in their first season back in the AIS. So it's it's a fascinating game. Absolutely one to watch. I think for anyone who's interested in, in the AIL, it's, it's it's a game that people should be keeping an eye on, you know. And um, Looking down the, the rest of the fixtures, of course, Banbridge, uh, City of Armagh, that's at 2 o'clock, all games 2.30 on Saturday afternoon, of course. Highfield, Old Belvo, Nace and Mary's College and Wesley and Malone. I think for me, I think Wesley and Malone is, is an opportunity for both sides to really show where they're about this season. Um, Malone, chance to win a game. One that they would see based on the where the, the league table rankings are, that they could actually leapfrog Wesley if they were to do that. But it says a, a big... Thing. If they don't manage to do that, they'll, they could be in a, in a bit of bother. No more than what we talked about the top of 1A. They could yeah, be I think I'd go with old Wesley in that one. I can kind of see them getting the result there. I think old Wesley are, are just struggling a bit because of the lads that left in the summer. But, you know, they still are. I think they are a better side than Malone. I think Malone and Malone more so than Banbridge, I think, will be kind of really struggling all season. And I think it's a real game that old Wesley can kind of target to get their third win of the season. So I'd go with old Wesley in that one. Well, uh, we shall see how the games pan out. Uh, looking at the games, we've a couple of those kind of leapfroggy type situations. Highfield, Belvo, again, Highfield, if they were to win that, uh, would uh, jump over old Belvo on the league table. Of course, depending on bonus points or whatever, but there's three points between them, four points between them, uh, as it stands at the moment. Nace, they could draw themselves within a point to Mary's College. Can you see Nace continuing three wins on a bounce or will Mary's kind of quality shine through? Well, it's funny because I was thinking about Nace the other day and um, last season it was kind of similar. They really struggled at the first kind of five games. I think I think they only won two of their opening five maybe or maybe even one, but they were really, really struggling. And then that kind of middle patch, they went on a bit of a winning run and it could happen again. But St. Mary's, to be fair to them, like their win, I think it was 66-7 at the, at the weekend against, um, against Bambridge and you know, they're real dark horses, I think, you know, this season. They could, I, I could see them making the top four and Sean Cronin is obviously doing his thing there and they've got some really good players, the likes of Mick O'Gara at 10. And, you know, I think Mary's are in form and Nace are in form. So that's probably, if you weren't looking at UCC books, that's probably where I'd go then for a game of the week kind of situation. Well, we shall see how they all pan out at the weekend. We'll maybe cast our eye across the ladies' divisions and women's, of course. Uh, round seven played last weekend. Plenty of, of decent games played across the weekend. Anything stand out to you in terms of the games? Wicklow Gold Regions, probably the most even game over the weekend. Railway Belbo, probably the top clash of the, of the weekend, too. Yeah, two very important games for two very different reasons. Uh, you have the top of the table, Belbo coming off the back of that Black Rock defeat where they would have been really disappointed. You know, the, a win against Railway would have really put them back in the equation, you know, but it was a really close game and Railway obviously edged it. But Railway Rock, I think, is I think it's this weekend. If I'm, if I'm right, uh, that's a massive game. Like, obviously, last year's final. Uh, um, so, like, that, that's just big just for momentum and just for what's going to happen later on, you know, come February time, come March time for the for the league title. Um, Wicklow Galwegians was massive because Wicklow have now jumped into fourth place and now sit in that top kind of top competition, if you want to call it, the top four competition. And I think, I think they can stick it out. They've got two very tough games coming up. I think they've, I think they've Old Belvedere on Saturday and then they've Railway the next week after that. So they've got tough games. Um, but to be fair, I was thinking about it as well during the week. Like, 
these are probably two very good games to kind of give them kind of measure where they're at and where they're going to be at after Christmas is if they're in that top competition, which it looks like they might well be now. So, well, realistically, if we look at the fixtures, um, UL Bowls, Galwegians, I think it would be fair to say that we'd be a surprise if Wicklow were to get league points from those two games against um, Blackrock and, and Railway, or Psychology and, and Railway. Um, so they'll finish more likely 17, possibly 18, if they get within a, um, a scoring point, or they get a bonus point here or there in those two games, which, based on form, is, is unlikely, but they've surprised us before. UL Bowls and Galway, Regions play each other. So if there's an outright winner in that, they'll, they'll leapfrog Wicklow. So while Wicklow, Wicklow are in the, sh- the shake-up, I can't see them holding on to it based on the run of games that both all three sides have. Yeah, well, you never know, I guess. Like, oh, Belvedere are coming on. Oh, Belvedere have lost their last two games. So Wicklow, to be fair, they're in fourth and Belvedere in third. So it'll be a pretty good indicator of how, how far away they are from that third place. But yeah, um, it's interesting because there's effectively three clubs, as you said, that can take that fourth spot. Will it be a Wicklow? Will it, I think Galwegians only have one game left, though, do they? And Wicklow. Yeah, but it's against yeah. UL. And yeah. UL have Cook, who have struggled this year. So you'd expect them possibly to win that. So it, it could be. It's fourth to sixth for Wicklow, but yeah. I, I don't see them getting fourth spot. But then we've had Ella Roberts on the show already this year. Stranger things have happened. No, but also I think it's. It's a win-win, I think. Well, they might not see it as a win-win, but I think it's a win-win. Like, if you if you get into the top four, that's great. You've kind of shown that you're within the top four best teams in the country. And if you don't get in the top four, you're in a very, very winnable competition and a bit of silverware after Christmas. So, it's a win-win, I think, for the likes of Wicklow and even for the likes of Galwegians, UL Bows. Like, maybe more so Galwegians. Like, UL Bows were in that top four competition, I think, for the last... For the last few seasons, they've been kind of near the top, so they might be a little bit disappointed with how this season has gone. But uh, yeah, Wicklow Galwegians, it'll be interesting to see, or even UL, who'll get that fourth spot. Yeah, of course, just for the purposes of completeness, Blackrock College 71, Ballon College 7, and UL Bows had a 43 5 win uh, over Suttonians. This weekend, of course, all teams back in action again. Uh, Cook and UL Bows, Old Belvedere face Wicklow, Railway Union, Blackrock College, and Suttonians and Ballon College will do battle in this year's, in this round's games. Um, where would you be looking for that? Really, it's, there's only really one game. Um, yeah. It's Railway Blackrock, right? Yeah, for sure. I think it's a, it's kind of a teaser for what's to come, I think, uh, later in the season. I think they probably will be, well, Old Belvedere could be there, I suppose, either, but it's kind of between them three for the league and Railway have kind of dominated women's rugby in Ireland for the past few seasons and it'll be kind of a it'll be good for Blackrock College to see if they've made any improvements from the final last year and if they've got a little bit better because sometimes sometimes it can be hard to hard to say or hard to tell like when you're coming against up against other teams and you're winning well it's the team you lost against that you kind of have to measure yourself with so I think yeah it's a massive game for Blackrock and for Railway to kind of say we're still the best and we're the best around so yeah it's it's a really interesting game yeah it's a couple of big weeks for railway as well uh, can they clinch top spot and ahead of that break as you said in the season uh, over the Christmas period so uh, interesting times ahead let's bring up the league table uh, league table for the women's division is as you can see it there railway union top of the table alongside Blackrock College um, 29 points each fairly impressive results so far for both both 100% records uh, one of them will come to an end or maybe even both of them it could be a draw who knows uh, on Saturday afternoon uh, or evening at uh, 5 o'clock in Railway Union big game for both sides Old Belvoir they face Wicklow's third against fourth in their fixture this weekend as well that's in Ali Campbell Park also at 5 o'clock uh, kickoff there while Setonians and Balancholic 7th versus 8th they play in um, the JJ McDowell Memorial Ground in Sutton, while the final game of the weekend is in Shawsbridge Cook versus UL Bowes. It's a long journey up for UL Bowes, but uh, they'll be quite confident of taking full marks there and putting themselves in contention, as we mentioned, for that top four spot. A uh, big weekend for, for all the women's teams. Uh, if you had to make a prediction on uh, who's going to win that game between uh, Railway and Blackrock, then. I don't know. If I was to make a prediction, I think I'd be bluffing, to be honest. 
Uh, Mystic Mac, what happened, Mystic Mac? No, uh, Mystic Mac. I, I can't make a prediction on this one, but uh, I don't know. I'd probably say Railway. You'd have to go for. I think you know they've just been so good over the last kind of few seasons that they've rarely put a foot wrong. But who knows? Anything can happen. It's a long, long way to go to the end of the season as well, of course. In two A, let's take a quick look at that. Uh, Cashel twenty seven, Balmina nil. Emu Barnhall twelve, Blackrock College twenty one. Navan and Queens a draw, 24 points apiece. Nina Ormond, 27. Dolphin, 15. UL Bowles, 15. Old Crescent, 27. Some big games there. Um, that draw, uh, 24 points apiece. UL Bowles just losing out to Old Crescent by two points. Some big results in this division. Yeah, I, I was probably most surprised by the 24-24 draw between them because it is essentially the team that probably should have went up in Queens and then the team that came down in Navan. So, I, I thought Queens were actually going to do it, but they're in the last two games, they've probably, I wouldn't say slipped up a little bit, but they had that defeat to Black Rock, I think, in the last round, and they've had a draw here. So they seem to be having a little bit of a blip in form, but uh, not really. Uh, Black Rock College are doing very, very well, like another win for them at the weekend. Uh, they're looking really, really good. And that kind of, you know, they only came up from 2A last season and they beat uh, Greystones with a kind of last bounce of the ball kind of scenario. So it just shows that there's not a big difference between the two divisions. But Blackrock College are firmly now in the top half in 2A. And who knows, they could be in the playoffs come the end of the season. But uh, yeah, it's a really competitive division as well. And yeah, Queens, Blackrock, all teams in form. Navin, people were kind of saying last year that they weren't able for 1B and kind of two-way was more their level. Are they hungry to go back up again? You know, a lot of things can happen. Yeah, for me, I think uh, Cashel, quite impressive from for me this year, 27-0 against Palomina, I know. And that would have been uh, level pegging and going into the game. And uh, it's a very comprehensive victory for them. I know it's a long journey, Cashel, Palomina, it's a two or three hour, probably three hour journey. But um, it's a statement of intent from them that they're not out of this race either. You know, a win like that when the other team doesn't score against you, whenever that happens, it's kind of like, look at us, you know. But uh, they'll definitely be pushing kind of for that top four picture as well. Uh, UL Bowes still kind of struggling a little bit, to be fair. I'm kind of surprised by that because they've kind of became like, you know, mid-table in 2A in recent years. And then they were in 1B a few years ago too. So, you know, they're struggling. It'll be interesting kind of to see. Like, they nearly got the win against Old Crescent at the weekend, but they haven't quite... I think they haven't got a win yet, have they? So, I think uh, they're really they're really struggling and they won't be happy with that, like, because they have, they have a good history as well as a club. So, they'll be hoping for better results. Yeah, they haven't had a win, but no more than UCD in the top division. Four losing bonus points in the first... Or four bonus points in the first five games keeps them in, in touch with Dolphin and Old Crescent just ahead of them. And, of course, this weekend... Uh, they have to travel. Oh no! They, uh, sorry, I'm losing the pictures here in front of me. Um, it's uh, UL Bohemians. They go to Queens, and that's going to be a big, big ask for them. Um, team just above them: Dolphin, Old Crescent, uh, Old Crescent at home to Nina. Dolphin travel to Ballymena. Uh, could Dolphin take advantage of that leapfrog Ballymena into kind of the mid-tier teams? Well, who's to say they aren't going to do that? Like, I think they'll be fairly confident that they can get the win and. They'll be aiming for that kind of. I think all these games in 2A and with 2B as well, and a bit like 1B, teams will go into every week kind of, especially if they're at home, they'll go into every week kind of targeting the win. They won't be afraid of anybody. So I think it's one of those leagues you kind of have to take it week by week. Yeah, I think Blackrock and Navin is probably the pick of the games uh, this weekend. Let's take a quick look at the league table and uh, looking at Division 2A. Blackrock College at the top, they play in Navin who are currently in fourth place on the table. Well, third, fourth place. It's very early in the, in the season so far, but on points difference, Cashel edged them out at the moment. So and Navin travelled to Blackrock College to play them at the weekend. Queens, they host UL Bohemian, currently struggling at the foot of the table, uh, while third place Cashel, and uh, they will travel to Dolphin, who are also towards the bottom of the table. It might be a chance for them to, uh, to kickstart their season. Two wins from three so far. Uh, but just need to up that scoring rate for them on that time. In terms of Division 2B, uh, we had Greystones as Owen Marmion on last week. He kind of called it. He said they were going to slide away, no fear. 
the weather was terrible and uh, he didn't get his sunshine and uh, that he was predicting but he did get a happy journey back up five tries 35 15 win and um, he's got to be happy with that and, and they're still kind of comfortable in that division at the moment yeah i think they've put a little bit of a gap between them and the rest now uh, i think it's belfast harlequins were the closest team to them and then they beat belfast harlequins the week before and belfast harlequins grew this week i think so there is a bit of a bit of a gap and Greystones are just doing their thing they're being pretty professional about it I don't think they're getting carried away they're just you know going out every week and getting the wins and just just from by seeing what Blackrock College are doing this season sitting top of 2A like they'll be confident that they can go they can be in 2A next season and they're definitely showing people that they can be anyway at this point five wins from five no I think they're pretty confident in what they're doing at the moment but as I always say about Greystones it has to be it has to be consistent you know it's the later parts of the season where they have to be winning the games as well so and you know with the format this year hopefully they're not going to be um hopefully they're not going to be you know in a situation where they're losing by the last bounce of the ball when they really should have been promoted anyway but uh you know for Greystones yeah they'll be really happy with how things are going Belfast Harlequins um they drew this weekend. They'll be, I don't know, it was against Wanderers, who are a team that, Wanderers and Belfast Harlequins are two teams that I've been talking about most weeks, saying they're kind of dark horses. So a draw is probably a fair reflection of that. I think Wanderers, the results haven't really went their way so far this season, but I do think they will be a team there, thereabouts. Uh, Corinthians are doing very, very well at the minute as well. They're kind of, I think they probably are leading the pack behind Greystones, are they at the minute? Yeah, yeah, they're they're in second. Um, so yeah, I think Corinthians were in the top four last year as well, as far as I'm aware. So they're kind of keeping, you know, they're doing their thing too. And uh, then you've got Enniscorthy in there as well. You know, they've kind of struggled since coming up from coming up from two C. But I have seen a few improvements in their performances from some of the reports, but. Losing forty three ten to Corinthians, it'll be a tough, tough pill for them to swallow, and it would have been a really long journey for them. To be fair, Wexford to go away would have been really long, but yeah, and the Scorty things aren't really going to plan for them. Galwegians, I I don't really know what ha- is happening with Galwegians at the moment. They they were kind of on a slippy slide towards the end of last season, and they they haven't seemed to get get off that slide yet. So they're kind of struggling as well, and then. Your Sligo boys are struggling a little bit too, Breffney, but I'll let you talk about that one. <laughs> well, they're, they're in danger of being cut adrift at the bottom of the table, so they'll be eager to kind of write that uh, this weekend. But again, it remains to be seen if they can do that, the, the journey to, to Wanderers this weekend to see if they can do that. But um, they're kind of in that space between the bottom two at the moment and that that group from 17 to 12 points. Um, be Wanderers, they're back in the mix. Lose to Wanderers particularly from Alahide, were to beat Galwegians as well, that all of a sudden you could have a seven or eight point gap between the bottom three and the rest of the table. So, uh, yeah, it's a big weekend for all of those clubs in and around that middle, I think. The bottom six all play each other. Um, and depending on how they fall, if the top three sides are to win those games, that gap just gets wider and wider. It's currently four points. It could be as many as nine points uh, coming into next weekend. And you talked about a team being relegated if they were to lose this weekend after just six games in Division 1A, I think realistically that would be a, a very clear three-team relegation battle uh, where one and a half of them essentially are, are in bother. So um, who has the quality to get out of that? Maybe we'll see one of them make a burst this weekend, but it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, and I think Greystones, Corinthians at the top as well, they can really kind of kick on and be the leading two teams. And then you've got the chasing pack with the likes of likes of Wanderers and the likes of Belfast Harlequins and you know they're all chasing behind but there could be more of a gap in this division than what we're seeing in maybe the likes of 1B and 2A. Yeah Dungannon and Galway Corinthians obviously they uh, they mean Stevenson Park on Saturday so they're both currently second and third so that'll see kind of who's who's chasing Rainy Old Boys of course just to finish the set and uh, they play against Greystones you'd expect Greystones to come out of that based on form that being said, who knows why that'll pan out? But there could be a big gap between uh, seventh and eighth, and also maybe even a top, top and or top and second. If Galway and Dungannon were to draw, it would, could potentially leave uh, seven or eight points between those two, three tiers within this division. Well, yeah. time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, looking down towards the final division, just as we finish up, 
Uh, some results there from Division 2C, Brough 43, Balmain 12, Clamel 13, Bangor 12, Middleton 14, Scaries 24, Omaha Academicals 12, Tullamore 27, and Instonians with a massive win against Sunday as well, Apple, away to Sunday as well, 55. They really have been the my success story of the championship. I know we've talked about them at length on the, on the podcast. It's uh, 25 points in five games, uh, plus 119 uh, points, they're phenomenal. Yeah, and to be fair, like everyone will talk about Taryn Yor and what Taryn Yor are doing because Taryn Yor are in 1A. But then you look at 2C and you look at where Instonians have come from and to be doing what they're doing, it's almost not, be- I'm not going to say better, but it's a bigger story, I think, you know, coming from junior rugby and then coming up to what is supposed to be a jumping level to senior, senior rugby, but they just seem to be taking it in their stride, really. And beating everyone beating everyone around them like uh, I was talking to someone involved with Bechtel I think was it yesterday and they were saying like Instonians only beat them by a couple of points and now and now to see Instonians doing so well in 2C people are kind of kicking themselves in Bechtel going oh that that could have been us kind of thing you know but it's it's like you know it's not going unnoticed though I'd love to get I'd love to talk to somebody from Instonians actually because that kind of journey, I think, is really, really fascinating. You know, when you come from a junior rugby kind of background and then you jump up to the AIL, and it's all. I I'd be interested to see what their answer to this question is, but they're probably things are probably going smoother for for them this season than probably at moments last season in junior rugby when they were probably really tested, especially in that Bechtel game at the very end. Like it's it's funny you'd expect them junior rugby to be easier but maybe they're finding life in the AIL easier than they were down in 1A in the Ulster junior rugby division so it's mm-hmm. a really interesting one some interesting uh, kind of games over the weekend but the one that kind of stands out to me is probably the the, the biggest kind of statement is Tullamore's second half performance against Oma where they were two points up at the break but they stretched it out to a 15 point win uh, by the final whistle and they moved up into second place on the table because of it as well so um, we're seeing kind of teams pushing on and, and really kind of, um, I suppose, showing what they can do in that level. That can they reel in Estonians? The seven points between them and between Tullamore now and Estonians? Who knows? Um, Tullamore obviously have been probably in AIL longer than Estonians. I think they were in 2B maybe a few years back as well. But I think that, uh, I think the way Estonians are going, it's hard to see anybody kind of tripping them up. Like, because they're not, they're winning by such big margins, you know, that it's not like you can say, oh, they, they just edged that one or they were slightly better. Like, they're actually just blowing everyone away. Like, if you want to say it for what it is, like, they're just, it looks like they're breezing through the division. But Tullamore, I did say at the at the start of the season that I did expect them to be within that top four kind of conversation. Scaries as well as another team. They they were probably unlucky as well. They got to the 2C final against Dennis Gorty. And they would have been kind of eyeing promotion to 2B. So they're a team that are always there, thereabouts in the division. And I think 2C, probably a bit like 2B at the moment. It's a little bit more clear cut, I think. The teams that are doing really well and the teams that aren't doing so well. Like I think Sunday's well are really struggling at the moment. Uh, Ome Academicals haven't really, they're kind of inconsistent in their form. Uh, and then you've got the likes of Instonians, Tullamore scaries i think i know they've lost maybe one or two games but i think they are doing quite well uh and then the big win who got the big win against uh bruff got a big win at the weekend that's who i was thinking of um so 43 12 yeah balanaz it's pretty worrying for them like because they they come down from 2b so you'd expect them to be doing relatively okay at this level but you know they're really really struggling and Junior rugby could be somewhere they're heading next season if they don't kind of get their act together. So they'll be well, hoping for better days. Nobody wants to take that jump back down to junior rugby. Before we finish up, let's take a quick look at the Division 2C table. And as we talked about, Estonians, seven points clear at the top of the table. Barona struggling at the bottom and everything that's happening in between. Some big games this weekend. Uh, in terms of the games to keep an eye on for this weekend, anything particularly interest you in Estonians Bruff maybe uh, because of the top dogs or is it Scaries and Oma in terms of maybe who's going to step up there in that second place 
it's probably scary Zanoma because I think it's in Stonians and Bruff there's still a big gap like 25 and 11 and then like but with Scaries and Oma if Oma win they can kind of really put themselves in the top four picture and if Scaries win they can kind of just keep themselves in the equation with Tullamore and with Stonians because those kind of one two I know it's really early in the season and it doesn't really matter at this point but finishing first or second is way better than finish third or fourth because then you have home advantage come a semi-final so I do think it'll be important for the likes of Scaries and Tullamore who I do expect to be in that top four kind of conversation come the end of the season uh, home semi-finals are really really important across all the divisions absolutely well listen that's it for the AIL aspect of the show but I can't really have you on a rugby show in Ireland this week without mentioning the small little fact that we managed to beat the world champions last weekend uh Thoughts on, on Ireland and South Africa? It was some clash. Yeah, it, it was very good. Um, I was really impressed with Ireland, to be fair, because, and especially Jimmy O'Brien on his first cap, because when he came on in the centre, I was kind of a bit worried because I thought McCluskey was doing very, very well because he's quite a physical player and he kind of suits the type of player you need to play in South Africa. So when Jimmy came on, I was like, you know, it's only his first cap for Ireland, like, and he's playing against the most physical guys you could be out there playing against. But I think he did really, really well. I think Caelan Darris was probably my man of the match. He was excellent. Um, to Con- It's tough to see Conor Murray go off, you know, 30 minutes into his 100 cap. I actually think as well, like, I can be critical of him sometimes, but I actually think it was the best 30 minutes he'd played in a long time. But at the same time, when Jemison Gibson Park came on, it, there was just such a difference, like, you know, the speed we play at with Gibson Park, you know, we were able to move South Africa around in that second half because I really think in the first half we we struggled a little bit, you know, because they're so physical and their line speed is so aggressive. We didn't really move them around the place very well. Uh, but in the second half when Gibson Park came on, you know, we really started to get at them, especially at the start of the second half when Josh got the try and then Mac Hansen got another try. I think we were really, really good. I think South Africa put it on us towards the end, but I do think Ireland deserved the win. Uh, people are going to say, everyone's going to say, are we peaking too early? Every, everyone's talking about that already, to be fair. And to be honest, I don't really know. Like, It's kind of one of those situations, what would you have preferred? We, we went out there and we got beaten or we have, a bit, we have high spirits and we beat them. I don't really buy into this, like, I don't. I know people like say, "Oh, we're world number ones, and we're the best team in the world." Yeah, that might be the case, but I don't. I don't really see it like that. To be honest, I think it's 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 really competitive. And if someone was to ask me who the best team in the world is at the moment, I'd say France. To be fair, because we still lost to them in the Six Nations, and I don't think they've lost in eighteen months, maybe, or it's been a long time anyway. And uh, they won the Grand Slam. They're the only team to beat us in a while. We did lose the one test in New Zealand. But I do think, I don't really buy this uh, Ireland are the best team in the world. Uh, so not, like, that's, that's, <laughs> I, can say, I can see what you're about to say there for a second, but you can yeah, it's, no, it's, it's rubbish. Like, yeah. It is, because like, I'm not saying we're not the best team in the world, but I'm saying it's irrelevant. Like It's just a world rankings thing. They're not, they don't really tell the full story. I think it's going to be a really important kind of 10 months for Ireland. I think they play South Africa. I actually have tickets to that game in France, Ireland, South Africa in the group stage. And I do think it's going to be a really important kind of 10 months for Ireland kind of, because you'd hear about it in other athletes, you know, t- taper your performance so that you, you peak at the right time. And that's something that Andy Farrell is going to have to, is going to have to manage. And even with somebody like Sexton, like the last 20 minutes against that he was on against South Africa, I was a bit worried, you know, he looked a bit beat up and even just making sure that he's all right for the World Cup because the guy is 37 now, I think, and he's still probably our best player, like, which which says a lot about him. And I don't think they really have a replacement for him, to be honest. I like Joey. I think he's a good player, but I don't think, I don't think he's, like, quite at the level of Johnny Sexton. So I do think keeping him fit is really important. Even guys like Caelan Darris, Josh van der Flair, Dan Sheehan, I think not many people talk about his kind of rise, but he's only got 10 or so caps and he's he's probably become Ireland one of Ireland's most consistent performers. So those guys are really important kind of... Because I, I don't know if you've seen the Ireland Bay game on Friday, but 
everyone talks about this strength and depth we have, but we absolutely got destroyed by New Zealand's second team. Like, I know Damien McKenzie was playing, and some people might say he deserves to be on the the New Zealand first team, but like, I just thought we were awful, like, like really bad. The only guy that I thought was half decent was Jamie Osborne, but other than that, like, I think it is important to keep our best players fit and. Injury is gonna be it's gonna be really important for us, you know. If we if we lose a few key players, it could prove crucial. Like so, I do think it's gonna be a really testing kind of ten months. And I think to say are we peaking too early is like it's a bit of a negative comment, but also you shouldn't really be thinking like that. Like everyone has it in their back of their minds for sure. Like we're Irish fans and we've never done anything in the World Cup. Like we've, really. we've seen it. We've seen it time after time after time in the World Cup. But listen, that is all we have time for. I'm going to have to cut you off, Kieran, because uh, we, yeah. it's, not the, it's not the Irish rugby show. It's the AIL yeah. show. Uh, but no, it's great to see Ireland so at top of the table in terms of the rankings. Will we be there in 12 months' time when it comes to World Cup time? Only time will tell. But hopefully uh, we will uh, be there or thereabouts in 12 months' time in France. Uh, Kieran, thanks again for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure having you, as always. Uh, to Shane Layton, who joined us for Buccaneers earlier in the day as well. Um, thank you so much for giving us the time and the best luck to you this weekend in your Division 1B clash uh, down with UCC. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week. It's an off week for the AIL, but we'll still be in situ here uh, on finalwhistle.ie. For myself, Bradley, and from Kieran, chat yeah, to you next week. Guys.